Welcome to the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. Mike here with Micah for another episode. It's Coaching Carousel Part 2. We did one earlier this, uh, I think last week, Micah, maybe, Mm -hmm. where we did uh, the first round of coaching hires. So go and check that out on our podcast feed. But this is Part 2. We've gotten some more coaches being hired. We'll get right into it, Micah. Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys. It's official. What are your thoughts, and what do you think this is going to mean for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward? Um, it's probably the safest coaching uh, hire that's been done. Um, really, outside of the the Ron Rivera, they're actually pretty similar moves. Guys who have decorated histories with other franchises in this decade. They're in new positions. Um, they won their respective games. Um, Mike McCarthy actually has a Super Bowl. Um, and uh, <clears throat> Ron Rivera had a Super Bowl appearance. Um, and this is not necessarily a, a bad thing for the Cowboys. Uh, like I said, it's very, very safe. Um, you can expect that, uh, with the time that Michael Carkey had off, that he assembled his guys, that he has an idea of what he wants to do. And I feel like this might've been in the works for longer than we have expected. Um, yes. And I'll, I'll always make jokes about the Cowboys. I've been saying that he's the, uh, the fat Jason Garrett. But uh, you're getting a little bit more out of uh, Mike McCarthy than you'll ever get out of Jason Garrett. Uh, he's not just a clapper on the sideline. Uh, this is a guy who will construct an offense in the way he sees fit. He is a guy who has seen success before. Um, the only thing I, I worry about is Jerry Jones likes to um, likes to keep leashes on guys. He he gave Jason Garrett like 10 years. He gave him way too much time. Um, it might have been because he didn't feel like the coach he wanted was on the market. But I feel like the stagnant – kind of nature of the Cowboys we you know the, the eight and eights that's been happening all over um I, I don't want that the the carry over necessarily with Mike McCarthy as as a as a non-biased football fan like the top the talent the Cowboys have is tremendous on offense on defense they're a team that should have already had a, <clears throat> a conference championship under their belt and the fact that they haven't yet speaks to me that they need a guy who can kind of lead them way better than Jason Garrett did. As I mentioned before, Jason Garrett's kind of a clapper. Um, you hope that Mike McCarthy is more hands-on. And if he is, I'd expect the – I really would expect the Cowboys to be a pretty good team going forward. So um, it's not a bad hire at all. I just kind of want to see how it plays out and what he's learned since his mistakes with a guy like Aaron Rodgers in, uh, in Green Bay. Yeah. So when it comes to Mike McCarthy, a lot of people are saying it's a retread. I tend to agree, but to a point. I think people are starting to take it too far where they're saying, oh, it's another situation where you just get the coach that was fired, blah, blah, blah. I think he's better than Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. And I think offensively, his mind, the way that he, he's able to put together offense, I think it's a lot better than um, than Jason Garrett. With the Packers, that situation went sour. When you have the greatest quarterback of all time, it's hard for you to get props for anything if he's able to come into this Dallas situation and take a team that, like you said, has been eight and eight for the past, Lord knows how many years they've just been Mm -hmm. a 500 team. Basically, if you take them and you bring them back to that promised land where they were America's team, the number one team where everybody was tuned in to watch them because they do have like star power. Yeah. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott is a top three running back. You have a Michael Gallup who was turning himself into a top receiver in this league. And if you re-sign Amari Cooper, then that's another uh, that's another good receiver that you have. On the defense, you have Demarcus Lawrence. So there are players, there are names. The Cowboys are there to be um, America's team again. They just need somebody to lead them. Do I think Mark, Mike uh, McCarthy is the best coach for the Cowboys? No. Are, are there better coaches out there? Yes. Are there better offensive minds out mm-hmm, there? Absolutely. Yep. 
I, I believe Eric Bieniemy would have been a perfect coach for that uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's proven to be in that system with Andy Reid, with Doug Peterson, and Matt Nagy, who have both gotten jobs in the NFL. Eric Bieniemy is still sitting down there as the OC for the Chiefs, but that's a that's a different conversation for a different day. Hmm. We'll see how far this experiment goes. Jerry Jones needs a yes man, and he got one in Mike McCarthy. McCarthy isn't really going to argue much with what Jerry Jones wants. He's just going to try to win as many games as possible. And I do believe it's a better it's a better team now just because of moving it on from Jason Garrett. I think Jason Garrett just got complacent. It was just the situation where he was, I'm the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to win as many games as possible, but I'll be back next year. Now there's a new fire. I think bringing in a new a new coach always like re like just re-energizes the whole team because he's bringing new systems, new calls, new workouts, just new everything. So it just feels like everybody's starting off fresh and that stench of being a 500 team is basically gone away. But moving on from the super established, we're going to go the opposite spectrum from the Patriots special teams and wide receivers coach, Joe Judge being named as the Giants head coach. Mike, I already know your thoughts on this, but what do you think this is going to do for the Giants now they've gotten somebody from somebody who worked under both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and has been has been raved about in um, in a lot of GM circles? Man, so <clears throat> admittedly, coming out, I did not know how much Joe Judge was involved with the success of football in the last decade. Um, talk about a guy who was part of all three Patriot team uh, Super Bowl teams in this decade and played key roles on Nick Saban's staff um, in their first couple national championship uh, seasons in 2009-2011. This man has been around football genius and royalty since the decade began. So, if you, you know, I, I didn't necessarily know that. And, you know, you kind of started to do the homework and you realize that, yes, he was, a, he was a special teams coach for the Patriots and they had one of the best special teams units. A guy like Matthew Slater is – he's one of the best special teams players I've ever seen as far as a gunner goes – and and just filling in the roles of players and things like that. What they're getting with Joe Judge is a guy that understands the game of football to a T. Um, in this pressure, I watched it today, man. There was a lot of great things I heard. Um, one of the one of the best quotes I heard was not trying to put square pegs in circular holes, or if it was the other way around, something wrong along those lines. And basically, as a coach, as a good head coach, as an effective head coach, and what he's learned from guys like Nick Saban. And Bill Belichick, you have to play, and you have to you have to coach these guys that tailored you have to tailor the um, the team around like what's strongest for the players. Um, yep. you you can't be the the guy that's like, hey, we're gonna do it my way, and that's the only way, because you're not gonna get an effective output for your players. Players are not gonna you know receive that type of coaching. Um, this is a guy with a teaching background. He he spits some lessons about um how you you know how you should teach players and, and things he expects out of his players. And the biggest thing that he talked about was bringing blue-collar, hard-nosed football back to the New York Giants. And for what David Gettleman wants and for for what the Giants are kind of a struck, uh, excuse me, construct their roster around, I think it works. When you have a guy like Daniel Jones, who he is Eli Manning to the T, but that's where they had his success. When you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, who you have to – yeah, he's your bell cow at this point. You have to give him the ball. He There's no reason he should not have – dang near almost 2,000-plus scrimmage yards every single year because you have to get him the ball. He has proven to be an all-pro talent. He has proven to be probably going to be one of, end up being one of the best players in the next decade. Um, 
and I expect Joe Judge to kind of build his team around that. Um, he's a very smart guy. Uh, he's a very analytical kind of guy, like I mentioned. And I really like this hire for the Giants for what their team is and what Dave Gettleman seems to be trying to get out of his players and like you know kind of trajectory. Um, he traded guys like Odo Beckham away because he he might have been guys without discipline at times. Um, him being an expressive kind of guy for what they're really looking for. I think Joe Judge is the perfect hire. So I can see the wheels kind of turning in New York. Yeah, I I think I tend to disagree here just off of not knowing that, not knowing enough about it, not being able to see how, yeah, he's able to take one unit. He's very unproven. Yeah, take the special teams unit and turn it into something that is really good. But we saw a coach take a jump just last season Mm -hmm. from Freddie Kitchen, from quarterback coach. And then he went to OC. And then in the next season, he's head coach. Joe Judge is even taking a bigger jump. He's going just straight from position to head coach. And being a head coach, yeah, it's press conference, winning the press conference. Yeah, it's always it's always something that uh, coaches try to do. But it's a lot different yeah. when you're the guy at the top. I, I would so definitely, like, if I could just... Filling out your yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah. I would expect him to bring like a senior analyst kind of guy. I would expect a guy like Tom Coughlin, actually to be back in there, just to not necessarily meddle his fingers, but to kind of be a, a mentor for Joe Judge. Yeah, almost like how Sean McVay had Wade Phillips as his DC for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Just so he's like, look, I'll just focus on offense, and then you can handle the defense. Now that Wade Phillips' contract is up and Sean McVay has more uh, – has had a coaching experience under his belt, he could bring in his guy. But for Joe Judge to be successful, he needs to have great coordinators. And that's just what it comes down to. I mean – there are Kevin O'Connor's out there, and we'll get to him. He's been rumored to be going wherever Josh McDaniel goes and also rumored with the Eagles. But a great mind like Kevin O'Connell's out there. So trying to get the right people in the right place because jumping from a special teams coordinator to a head coach, it's tough. You have to win the locker room over. You have to be seen as a serious guy. And if the team doesn't believe that you are the guy to lead, it's not going to be great for you. So I think that he'll – he, it'll take him a couple years if the Giants are patient enough to give him a couple years because we've seen with Pat Shermer mm-hmm. and Ben McAdoo the years before. Two years, both of those guys were – Ben McAdoo was a year, but you have th- two coaches in three years. So if they're willing to give him the time, sure. Maybe he is a good coach, but for right now, I'm I'm very, very iffy on this pick. Obviously, I think they wanted Matt Rule, and they, they thought Matt Rule was where they were going to go. But Matt Rule ended up – going to the Carolina Panthers and it looks like that's going to be a good fit also as he leaves Baylor and he's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Somebody who did grind their way up working from Temple and parlaying that Temple job into a Baylor head coaching job and now from Baylor to Carolina. How do you think he's going to make his transition from college to the NFL, Michael? Man, uh, talk talk about a guy who's, like you said, he's really been building his way up to this position and it was kind of like, I would say a one of the more natural fits for a head coaching job in NFL took a Baylor team that was a one-win team or a one or two-win team really, and then turned them completely around. Man, um, we saw them in I believe what was it the Sugar Bowl this year? I don't believe. Yeah, they, I mean they almost they theoretically could have almost won the Big Twelve if yeah. they didn't blow that lead the first game against uh, Oklahoma. Exactly. So this is a guy who has really worked his way up to this, and honestly, I feel like out of the two hires that happened. This is probably the most natural fit. Um, the, well, the two the two hires we're talking about right now, I should say, it's probably the most natural fit 
Um, Matt Rule is a guy that can connect with young players. And what do the Panthers have? A lot of young players. We saw in a situation, um, I saw a situation where he he's coaching a guy that he recruited now, and a guy like DJ Moore that he was trying to get him up Temple, but he decided to go to uh, decided to go to University of Maryland. These connections matter, man. Um, Matt Rule is an impressionable guy. He's never. I don't think he's ever stepped on toes where he's been. He's left a good impression on everywhere he's been. He left every position he is in a better situation. You see Temple consistently being a force in the American Conference right now, and I think Baylor. Who you know he grew that he grew that coaching tree in Baylor from guys from Texas, kind of a grassroots effort. I think they're in a better position than what they are now. And I think if you uh, a Pan, you know you're a Panthers fan, you should got to take notice of what he's done. Um, and man, if we're gonna talk about a guy that will have the connections going forward, like I said, it's a guy like Matt Rule, and that really matters in the NFL. I think the roster he's gonna have to um, you know the work with it is very good. You have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who was one of the most exciting players in the NFL. Um, and you have a, a, a decent amount of <clears throat> amount of like uh, captains and a decent amount of veterans around him. I think it's a good situation. I think the Panthers are. I mean, yes, they lost to the Redskins, but they were a pretty good team um, before injuries kind of riddled them. They're really missing Cam Newton. You hope Cam Newton. Quick question, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Before you get to that, Cam Newton. With Cam Newton, if you're Matt Rule, do you want to bring in a new quarterback, or are you sticking with Cam Newton for another year or so, just to? Try to see what you have left with them. What's interesting about this is I think that's the first thing they need to do. Um, yes, they're going to have to assess whether Cam Newton is healthy enough. Um, if I was to put my money on it, I would say you wait. I don't know if you you might get a guy in free agency just to compete and you see how Cam Newton is doing. But I think next year, man, that's when you take your, uh, you pull the trigger or in a, in a, a year or two, you pull the trigger at quarterback. Um I think Cam Newton, if you design an offense around the idea that Cam Newton is not going to be able to throw the ball downfield and you kind of play it safe and, you know, you, you take this year as a, a year on a, uh, on a chin and you kind of grow your team from there, then you make your, your great quarterback move in the next year. I don't think that's a first-year move. Um, for the sake of Matt Rule and his sanity, I think you have to go the safe route in this. Um, yes, it's going to be a process, as it always is, but with a guy like Cam Newton, man, you have to assess – if he's healthy or not, because he's, if he's healthy, he's one of the top talents in the NFL. So I don't think you move away from that yet. Yes, he's been injured for the last two or three seasons, but you have to assess that to a point and you have to get him some way on the field. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You move on from there. But to simply let a guy Cam New- uh, let a guy like Cam Newton go or try to parlay away into another quarterback at this very moment, I think it'll do more damage. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree there. I think that Matt Rule needs to – and even – if he's smart, he can use this to even extend his uh, time there. Oh yeah. If things don't start working out well, because as a new coach, you're coming in, they usually give you a year of grace and then your second year you're supposed to produce. If the first year is just terrible, you could be like, well, I don't have my quarterback in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Newton, obviously we see if Cam Newton's not producing, he's not the guy. So we're going to go out and because we were so bad, we get a Trevor Lawrence. So now you have a Trevor Lawrence and Christian McCaffrey and the slate is quite completely clean versus if he goes ahead and drafts like a Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm. And it's like, okay, you have your guy. You didn't produce year one, year two, you're really on the hot seat now. So if he's smart, I think he keeps Cam Newton for a year at least. Uh, Who knows? Cam Newton said he's not coming back till he's completely healthy. And he didn't, we hadn't, we didn't hear anything from him this year. I'm hoping that he does come back healthy because he is, an electric quarterback. He was mm-hmm. one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL before all of these injuries started to to come up. So for Matt Rule, I do believe it's important for him to keep 
uh, to keep Cam Newton. But you said it. They have leadership. They have young guys. Um, they have everything that you need almost. They just need somebody to steer the ship for them. And I think Matt Rule is that guy. Like you said, the way he's able to connect with players. Te- every program that he's left is in a better shape. Mm-hmm. He left Temple in a better shape. He left Baylor. Baylor was one of the most disgraced program after Art Browse left. Oh, yeah. All their scandals and stuff. And nobody wanted to touch that job. This team is now a team that people can start looking to going back to and wanting to uh, go back and uh, commit to going to Baylor because they think it's a top program that could potentially win in the Big 12. They were a quarter away from uh, being the number one team in the Big 12. So I think this this is my favorite hire of the, the offseason, uh, being impartial. Like, I love Ron Rivera, but I think that Matt Rule is going to have a really good time in the NFL and a long career in the NFL. And with the young talent that he has and with more picks coming this season, I only think it's only, get, only going to get better for the Panthers. And I know they'll definitely be excited. <clears throat> but to end it off, the Browns do not have a coach yet. I mean, of course, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Browns. And <laughs> they, they fire Freddie Kitchens literally, literally the day the season ends and they still don't have a coach. Right now, Josh McDaniels seems to be the front runner. What do you think about a Josh McDaniels going to a Cleveland Browns organization? I think that's one of the more dangerous things that could happen for the NFL. Um, and yes, precursor, the Browns are historically inept, and I don't know if that really changes. But you start, you know, you start changing things a little when you get a guy like Josh McDaniels in there. Um, one of the best offensive coordinators of the last decade, really. Um, a guy that was linked to jobs before, turned down jobs. Um, I don't know if – it might have been Bill kind of protecting them, be like, hey, this is not necessarily the right fit. I think that at this point, the Browns are probably the best fit, and it's time for Josh McDaniels to become a head coach. Um, man, yeah. And, and, you know, it might be a little bit – it might be forcing it a little bit. The Browns are in a bad situation. And they might have their backs on the wall. Yes, a guy like Eric Bieniemy is still out there just waiting. Unfortunately, bro, I don't know if he gets a head coach job. I think uh, a team like the Browns will be the team to hire Josh McDaniels. If they do do that, they will have a better offense, I'll say. Um, I think with the right guys around him, with uh, if, if uh, Kevin O'Connell is linked absolutely with Josh McDaniels, that absolutely, 100%, helps a guy like Baker Mayfield and that offense. Um. We saw the what started to happen, you know, turning the wheels with Dwayne Haskins. And, yes, Baker Mayfield is sorry he established himself as a good rookie quarterback, but he took a step back last year. Um, a sophomore slump, if you will. Um, the offense didn't necessarily get off its, you know, off his feet. And that's kind of a situation they were put into by the uh, – with the hiring, they had a head coach. But if you have a more focused kind of thing on, hey, let's get this offense moving. We have guys like Odell Beckham. David Njoku, Jarvis Landry. The list goes on and on and on, man. At least for one side of the ball, it would be invigorating. The problem is still that defense did not play as well as they did. So, you know, if you got a guy like Josh McDaniels, you kind of have to hope that the defense, you get the right guys around me, hires the right guys for that defense to be stout. Um, do I think it's necessarily the best fit? No, like I just mentioned, a guy like Eric Bieniemy with a proven track record under the uh, Andy Reid coaching street, like you mentioned before, he's out there just waiting. I think there's better things waiting for him in a job next year. Um, you know, there's always a list of guys that get fired after seasons. The Jags and the yeah, Falcons are front of that list. I think there's better like, – Eric Bieniemy on, on the Falcons, if you can convince a guy like Julio Jones to come back, um, if you can get some decent years out of Matt Ryan, that's – and 
they already have a, a decent receiving core outside of that. I think that's a perfect job for him going into the next season, which is all right. You, you got to protect a guy like that sometimes in the same way that Joseph Daniels has been protected. I don't know if there's any protecting him from the Browns. I think the Browns are going to make every single effort to get him. So I would expect it to happen. And I don't know if this necessarily makes the Browns a, a, a better overall team, but at least on offense, you're going to see better production, in my opinion. Yeah, you're you're totally right there. I think the Josh McDaniels hiring is going to be perfect, um, and it's not really because of Josh Mc, not because of McDaniel's, but of who he has a relationship. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to be one of the best coaches, like hottest like coaches coming out. Reminds me of McVay. in the next three to five years. I don't think people understand how good of an offensive genius he is, and he couldn't really show it this year because I mean he had a first year quarterback and first year wide receivers. Now give KOC, Nick Chubb in the backfield, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., David Njoku, and if they decide to keep Kareem Hunt or resign him, mm. then Kareem Hunt. That is an offense that's going to explode immediately and get back to where um, um, they're going to get back to where we thought they were, what, two, three years, uh, where we thought they were uh, two years ago mm-hmm. when Baker Mayfield first came and then earlier this year when uh, we thought they were going to be an explosive offense under Freddie Kitchens. I do believe that this is a team that has an ability to still be a top team in the NFL. It just didn't mesh and didn't come together. It will come together. I, it has to. I mean, you don't you don't have that much offensive talent without it coming together. You need the right coach. You need the right people in place. I believe Josh McDaniels bringing along a KLC and then getting also another defensive coordinator that is proven and has a good track record under him. It'll, it'll be different than his first time as a coach with the Denver job. The first time you coach, you you learn a lot about yourself and learn what you need to change. And I think at the NFL level for Josh McDaniels, after he had the failed experiment with the Broncos, him having a second job with a third-year quarterback, talented receivers, a great running back in the backfield, mm-hmm. it can only it can only be better for uh, for him the second time around. And the Browns, I know their fi- fans are. Super down, and they thought this year was their Super Bowl year. It's baby steps. Look, a couple years ago, you were celebrating one game. Yeah, you were six and ten this year. You'll you'll take another step next year. Whether that's eight and eight, nine or seven, maybe try to sneak into a wild card. Who knows? But it's about building those steps each and every year so that you can become a team that is respected uh, in that AFC North. But any any last minute any last minute thoughts on any of the coaches and out of all the coaches now that we've had basically since we have almost everyone and just shooing Josh McDaniels for the Browns right now, who do you think is going to be the most successful in their first year in a new place? Man, in their first year, honestly, I want to take a wow, in our first year. This is tough. I will go between either a potential Josh McDaniels Browns reunion, not reunion or a hiring or a guy like Mike McCarthy, actually. Um, the Cowboys are built to win. And even with a guy as inept as Jason Garrett, They've won enough games to be considered NFC East champions for the last really half of the decade. They've always been that, like, one more game, one game out, one game in type of thing. Um, Immediate success, I would have to go with Mike McCarthy probably. Because that team is built to win, and Jerry Jones has done a decent enough job with getting the right guys in there to put a winning team out there. It's yep. just about getting over those hums, uh, that hump, man. Those Those close games hurt. Those overtime losses hurt. If you can get a guy like Mike McCarthy to will them to maybe two more wins, they're NFC East champions without a doubt this year. So, hey, I, I would have to say the Cowboys, but 
like I said, man, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels and Browns pairing is lethal on offense for the league. Yeah, that's that's where that's exactly where I was going to. I, I'll, I'll go with Josh McDaniels just because, like I said, the offense and everything. I, I just think that they're a team that if they had the right coaching this year and were steered in the right direction, I think they would have been a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They weren't, and we saw that that didn't work out, and Freddie Kitchens is gone now. But they they do have the ability to. And the Cowboys, they were 8-8, eight and eight, super close to being a playoff team if they beat the Eagles. So those two teams are in the best place. But overall, when it comes down to it, let's just say five, ten years down the line, who do you have as the best coach or the best situation uh, coach that in best coach in their situation? Man, five or ten years down the line, man, I see a guy honestly because of what he's done recently as far as just building programs. A guy like Matt Rule jumps off the table, bro. I think, like I said, he's worked his way naturally into this NFL head coaching job. Man, it's just I, I can't take away from what he's done. And no, you know, watch out for a guy like Joe Judge too. If they can actually do this right and he establishes a culture similar to what the Patriots kind of do with building uh, putting guys in the right position to win, then I can see them too. But I think the the more safe bet it would be a guy like Matt Rule. Um he's a very, very, very great football mind and a guy that connect with players. I think players will have a great time playing under him and I think that's key for a sustained run. Yeah, for me, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think I, mean, I think I think it's wrong. Yeah. I don't think the Redskins are built to be a playoff team for the next two, three years, but I think in five years, I mean he was with Carolina for nine. I think in five years after he's been able to implement his way, his how he wants his team to be run, I think they're in a good position. I think Dwayne Haskins would have developed enough by now. Um hopefully the Darius Guy situation works out or maybe Bryce Love. I think Terry and just all those players have matured enough to where they're they're the vets now on the team, and they're the ones that understand. And I think he's in a good situation with a young quarterback. Um, like you said, Joe Judge also is in a good situation with a young quarterback and a running back that's already proven himself to be uh, a star in the league. So those two, I think, in five years have an ability to be uh, top top of the line coaches. But it's been it's been a wild off season so far for not even off season just end of regular season for uh, the NFL with coaches moving here and there. We'll definitely touch on this one more time just when the Browns officially announce a coach. So we may do like a, a an episode of that or emergency pod just breaking down what this means for the Browns. And then obviously we'll get into the free agency news as the NFL season wraps up. But thanks again for listening to the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.